Hello everybody and welcome to No Time to Grind, it's the podcast for the busy gamer and I have trouble keeping the logic AI at bay. My name is Michael and joining me, <laughs> he should get a haircut, it's Adrian. I'm leaving, I'm, no, there's no jokes about my hair, I'm, it's not changing. That is both a reference to the game and just to your hair being long and uh, he always makes bad decisions when he drinks, it's Matt. That too is also not <laughs> specific to this game. <laughs> And also, just like in the game, one when I drink a lot of alcohol, I rack up more points. It's incredible. Very true. If you have not uh, guessed by our weird little intro there, the game of this fortnight is Bulletstorm, specifically full clip edition. Doesn't really change the fact that it's still Bulletstorm, the game that you know and love, that Steam people in particular think is possibly the greatest game ever made, with a rating of like 90%. Really? Yeah, and then GameSpot have 8 out of 10, and then IGN has 7.8 out of 10, which is crazy to me. And then you look on, like, I don't know, I wasn't there, but Wikipedia tells me it was a c- complete commercial failure. Oh. And yeah, it was supposed to get a sequel and didn't. Have Have either of you finished the game? I have not. I have made it halfway through. I was looking at the axe today, and I was like, oh, I've made it halfway. So it's a very short game then. It is short, but the real answer is no one has finished the game because there's no end, because they planned to make a sequel. Oh, cliffhanger. (laughs) It was a a failure, uh, commercially, apparently, even though it's sitting at 90% on Steam. I don't understand. So you would say it's a cult status game then? I guess it must be. It must be cult status. Uh, I, I wonder what PlayStation thinks of it. I want to see what the PlayStation reviews are because a lot of people would have got it for free, and they would. I feel like they would give their honest opinion. Well, let's talk about our honest opinions. Do you guys think this is a game for a busy gamer? Yes or no? Are you asking me in twenty nineteen or twenty eleven? <laughs> 2019, we're playing it now. No, I don't think it is. And why would that be? It brings... It takes a lot of things um, from other games and puts them perfectly together, and that's really good. Uh, And if you had never played a shooter around the time that it was made, which I believe was like 2011, uh, then yeah, this would probably be the one to pick up. But otherwise... No, it's not worth it. Not worth your time. I think because it's so short, it's going to be hard to say, okay? Because because it's really short and it's really fun, I have no problems with playing it. I thoroughly enjoyed this. I was going to keep going with it. But at the same time, I also uh, picked up like Borderlands again. And I was like, oh, this is a better version of that. Or pick up Doom. This is a better version than Bullets. There's always something better than it. But by no means is this a terrible game or not worthy of your time. You just, as a busy gamer, put it into better games? Put that yeah, time that's elsewhere? Exactly what, that's exactly where I'm coming from as well. So those seven, but, eight, nine ratings, while good. They're not enough to make you go, yeah, it's worth your time. And like the Wikipedia says, the reason it probably didn't sell well, even though it did well critically, is because 
it was going head to head with like Gears of War at the time. And again, that's probably that's another game that is like this but better. Well, before playing this, if you had this and Gears of War in a lineup and I had to pick which one was which, I would fail because they they look they, this is very generic in a way. Like it gets all these cool ideas, puts them together, but it's still just quite generic. It's like this should have been well, it's like this was a demo that this was this was excellent gunplay and the leash is really fun and the trick shot system uh like gives you a lot of variety and makes you want to do things in creative ways. But the story is trash and deserves none of your attention. <laughs> And so it almost felt like that that was slapped on as an afterthought. And it literally doesn't, like, I'm not upset about that because it's just all about the gameplay. So it felt like it was like, ooh, whoever made this so people can fly, I think was the dev. Mm. Yeah. It's like, ooh, you've got a really good engine here. The gunplay in Bulletstorm craps all over Rage. Rage is a piece of trash compared to Bulletstorm. Oh, yeah, 100%, like, without a doubt. But I feel like, I don't know what came first, but I just feel like Bulletstorm was copying Rage or Fallout, Bioshock, especially that weird underwater section that came out of, like, nowhere, and you're like, ah, okay, you ripped everything, (laughs) like, and then Killing Plants, is it Resident Evil, or or is it just the Liberal National Party? (laughs) (laughs) Michael, you brought up about like who made this, and did you know that this is actually made uh, by Cliff Blazinski, who is famous for doing the starting off the Gears of War franchise, for being you know on Unreal. He's done a lot of good stuff, and it's always been a first-person shooter kind of guy. So is that? I feel it. I feel that this is like in terms of gameplay for 2011. Uh, this is like this is really solid, and it still holds up. It's still a very fun shooter, but obviously Cliff doesn't do much writing because all <laughs> all he knows are really basic. Like uh, I'm gonna get a laugh just by like someone calling someone like a, like Are you motherfucking cockhat? Like they're just yeah, <laughs> slapping good. words together. Uh, good one. The height of comedy. I yeah, definitely agree. Uh, the first thing that hit me when I played this and was like opening up the story was just like how how basic, yeah. It seems like a almost like an 80s movie like basic plot where it's like we were working for the man and the man betrayed us. <laughs> just like uh, yeah, very very basic for sure. I like how uh Wolverine uh, is the main character. <laughs> yes, he does look a lot like Wolverine. <laughs> With those mutton chops. But not only does he look like him, the voice actor is Wolverine's voice actor from a lot of oh, media. So really? it sounds oh. like him as well. That's hey, cool. bub. Yeah, he never said that, though, so I no. I didn't catch it, unfortunately. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not as big of a Wolverine connoisseur as you, clearly. <laughs> um, it... What... Is the grind of this game nothing? I don't think is technically the grind, except that you had to play it. <laughs> um, well, 
for me, the grind is not in the fact that it's, you know, it is a fairly short game. I think it was like seven and a half hours or, or eight hours on how long to beat. It's more in the fact that it, because it was so basic uh, uh, and in its plot, uh, it didn't really call me to play it. So it was less of, yeah. it was like I didn't, I'd rather, I wanted to spend my time on other stuff rather than yeah. play this. It didn't have that, um, that didn't grasp me per se. Were you still playing Stardew Valley? Uh, yeah, but only a little bit, like finishing it off at work and stuff. What have I, what have I been playing? Uh, I've been picking up Minecraft again. Last of Us, um, which, you know, that, you know, let's not talk about that game. There's other stuff to talk about. <laughs> yeah, there's other stuff. Um, yeah, there was other stuff that I wanted to spend more of my time in. There was nothing in this that was like, damn, this is so cool and new and different. I mean, it is a six, eight, eight-year-old game. But uh, I remember it being more, um, or at least the advertising and how it seemed, it seemed to be more progressive and interesting and different for its time. Anything else about this game really get your grind? The only thing that I can think of as a grind would be all of those trick shots. And mm. I think I got about halfway and I was like, I'm never going to get all of these. But by the end, I got half of them. Um, so I feel like if you were actually looking at them and putting in the effort, maybe. But that's the only thing that I could think of as a grind. I mean, they're not mandatory. They're just like yeah, exactly. extra stuff. And I was playing on easy, um, so I don't know if that affects it much, but I never ran out of ammo or anything like that. Uh, And then the only pain in regards to shooting was uh, you get the sniper rifle, you can lock onto an enemy, and then you do this really cool thing where you like time slows down and you get to guide the bullet. Except some enemies just go, oh, no, I I moved faster than the bullet. And it's like, no, give me a chance to still hit it, even if they're ridiculously fast for me to hit. No, 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 that didn't hit me. I had it. I was too fast. I had a shield. That's what it felt like when kids playing imaginary. No, nah, it didn't hit me. So, like, the, it seemed a little out of context of the, the slowdown time mechanic. Yeah, like, if an enemy is too fast for you to hit them, Make them literally so fast that it is a struggle to hit them. And then why is that not a trick shot? Hit one of these enemies that is impossibly hard to hit. It's very much like a sort of gamification just slapped on because uh, the the cannibal sort of mutant guys, uh, one they're not the creeps, they're the skulls. They um, You can stand right next to one. As soon as you attempt to kick him, he will dodge. But... Oh, I- Oh, I hate that. Oh, but, I hate that so much. But you can do your double tap X and slide all the way across yeah. the battlefield. <laughs> so one would yeah. watch you come making a beeline <laughs> for him. And then for some reason, he can't dodge that. So it's like, you're not dodging a kick if you can't dodge my slide. It's Basic not Basic dodgeball rules. But it's just to be like, and then in the tips, it's like, make sure you shoot their legs first before you kick them. And I'm like, no, I'll just slide into them because they don't know what that is. I even had um, some that would like, they didn't move at all um, because they were backed up against a wall. But no, 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 no. Still missed. I still missed them. You didn't get them. No. Shut up. Stupid game. It's, it was fun, <laughs> but yes, stupid game. Yeah, I think that's a good way to sum it up. This is just like a straight up action game. In the same way that, like, 
you don't watch, you know, something like The Expendables because it's a good plot and it's intricate. You watch it because you want to see shit blow up and you want to kick people's faces in. Oh, you do? Oh, I'm watching that wrong then. Whoops. I mean, I don't know the plot of Expendables, but just the way it seems. Does anyone? <laughs> My point. It, there's a plot. I thought it was just like Sylvester Stallone's birthday and everyone was invited. <laughs> <laughs> Can I quickly go through uh, this? Is, I found a UK list, but this should give a good representation. The top 10 best-selling games in 2011. And we'll just okay. see if Bulletstorm makes the cut. Or something like Bulletstorm where you go, okay, well, that's probably why it, uh, it didn't sell very well. But here we go. Can I, can I guess number one? Go for it. Skyrim. Incorrect. Oh, Skyrim came in at number five in the UK Damn. in 2011. Okay. Okay. Number one is Call of Duty Modern Warfare 3. Oh, of course, of course. Number two Silly is, me. Number two is FIFA 12. Understandable, oh, yes. the UK being really soccer mad. Uh, number three, Battlefield 3. Number four, wildcard, Zumba Fitness. <laughs> <laughs> Then oh, that doesn't that doesn't make sense to you. I can't wait for the Switch version of that. <laughs> Skyrim at number five, Just Dance three at number six, Assassin's Creed Revelations at number seven. I didn't even play that one. <laughs> La Noir at number eight. Uh, that should be higher because that's a good game. Uh, Saints Row the third at number nine, and Batman Arkham City at number ten. Again, far too low. Well, time was, shows all. Yeah, it was a sign of the times. We we didn't realize what we were doing. Uh, but should yes. we realize what we're doing in our inventory as we uh, move to our inventory management? You must pick must between either the shotgun or the uh, sniper, or do you oh, want a yes, pistol? Yes, that is the worst. <laughs> you could never change your up on the D-pad weapon. If If you could have changed that, like... Oh, that would have been the best because I could run the shotgun, the drill, and the sniper. That would have been the best. Or in uh, a game about shooting, when that's the main focus, give me the old school, like, you get every gun. Like, this man can somehow carry all of it. That's a new game plus. Oh, okay. So if you finish the game, even on easy, it's like, you want to do it again with all the guns? Uh, but meanwhile, in our inventory... Uh, what do we got coming up next? My, I picked the next one, which is Eternal Darkness, Sanity's Requiem. This is a real uh, left field selection. Why have you picked, Absolutely. picked this? Mm. Um, yeah, I think I spoke about it last episode as well. I was just on a like top 10 games for each console kind of thing. Uh, and this was on the GameCube one. It's apparently Resident Evil-like, a bit, you know... Lovecraftian in a sense, and it just looks really cool. It looks like a another sleeper hit. Hopefully, it's not the kind of sleeper hit that is actually just an amalgamation of everything else, and is just boring. Well, I know nothing about it, so I'm interested to give it a go and see what it's all about. On the other side I of think- that, we have Bastion. Oh yeah. Uh, which I have never played, but always one or two classic indie. I'm sure many of you have played it. Should be able to smash that one out. Uh, gives you more time, I guess, for either continuing Sanity's Requiem or moving on to Bayonetta 1. Yeah, that's and that's another one. That's funny because Bastion and Bayonetta 
you have plenty of time for because that's the mechanic. <laughs> so good. Oh, so good. And then after that, something I'm very hyped for because I cracked open the game before it. It's Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3, The Black Order. Oh, boy. Yeah, it's, gonna, it's coming out real fast. It'll be there before we know it. And at time of recording, we're going to find out what Square Enix's Marvel game is tomorrow. Mm, that's right. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, we're smack in the middle of E3, so probably... Is there anything that's happened yet that you want to talk about now? Um, Final Fantasy VII Remake has a release date of March 2020. So I'm keen for that. And I I didn't think much more would get me excited than Final Fantasy VII Remake. But uh, the one thing at the moment that could is... Keanu Reeves uh, <laughs> in Cyberpunk yes. 2077. Yes, that was I, great. I wasn't super excited for the, uh, Cyberpunk, and now it's probably a day one purchase for me, just so I can <laughs> see Ke- more Keanu as soon as possible. Can you please slot in now uh, just the audio of Keanu saying, You're breathtaking! <laughs> yeah, that was, that's beautiful. He's, he's the perfect man. He's so lonely, apparently. Oh, poor, poor Keanu. Get that's in contact why, with us. We'll that's make why food. he's. That's oh god. He's the that's why he's not like that. I'm that's sure why he's entering such. <laughs> that's why he's entering such a you know vibrant full world with uh, cyberpunk, so he can get rid of all that loneliness like the rest of us. I got an email today from Steam that was going. Uh, you've uh, you've played Witcher, right? You know that you you heard of The Witcher Three? Uh, buy c- cyberpunk. Just do it. And it literally says in the email, we sent you this email because you're a little you're a little bitch boy that played Witcher and we know you're going to play this as well. <laughs> yeah, the pre-orders are up for I it. I still think that I'm looking forward to uh, The Outer Worlds by Obsidian as kind of the, 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 the fallout we haven't gotten in a while because 76 made my mouth taste bad. And doesn't know what it is anymore, and is now a battle royale. Yes. Brilliant. I will. I will commend on it. Unless I've missed something, it's the only battle royale with AI enemies as well. That's somewhat interesting. Yeah, maybe. Interested to see how it pans out. Yeah, I'll definitely give it a crack. Uh, but still, oh, probably... I'm not spending any more money on this game. So, uh, I'll we'll look, we'll look forward to your opinions. I have a second copy, you know. Really. That's yeah. two copies that I cannot spend money on then. <laughs> uh, but if you want to hear us on these opinions or you have a special game you want us to play, you can rate us, suggest games uh, on your perfect podcast app that you're using now, be it iTunes, Google, Spotify. Uh, just, you know, hit the little follow, subscribe button. I, I don't know. It depends on what app you're using. Or find us on Facebook if you want to just go straight on the wall. Just straight away. Just play this game. I want you to replay Fallout 76 because I want to see the fear in Adrian's eyes. If this game actually does anything in the next year, aside from React to being poked with a stick, I'll be surprised. And as a special bonus, at the end of E3, which will be wrapping up at the end of this week time of recording, we'll put out a special like bite-sized recap of the things mm. we think are worth talking about for busy gamers. Yeah, that's a good point. 
you know, everyone's covering it and like, what's the most exciting? What's the most revolutionary? No one's thinking of the busy gamers, and that's where we come in. We'll let you know what's good for the busy gamer. You know, maybe you didn't have time to watch all of the conferences. We'll wrap it up for you real quick. Maybe you can't get up at 4 a.m. in the morning if you live in Australia. (laughs) Yeah, I can condense the 30 minutes about The Elder Scrolls Online into like a second, which is it still exists. It's doing okay. (laughs) Save it. We'll need that later. (laughs) Oh, sorry. I've I've given it all away. Oh, no. (laughs) But for now, let's get back into the game we're covering right now. Bulletstorm. What else you got to say about this one? So I I do love. I love the kicking, the leashing, the gunning, especially the shotgun or at the end of the game when you get the drill and you can just slide into enemies and not use any ammo because the drill just destroys them. Uh it, I love it. The like it's a fun idea. Better than the things that we've kind of said. Like it's just still a bit generic, just a still bit lacking. Do you think if this game hadn't been made, anything would have changed? Like, like because you're saying, like, you're talking about this game. It's, like, it's really good. It's fun. It's got these awesome, awesome mechanics, but I just don't like it. Like, or yeah. I just I can't, doesn't sit with you, like, perfectly. Does that yeah, imply it's... then that, you know, it just, like, if it didn't exist, your life wouldn't be any different? Uh, yeah, like, it didn't do anything innovative to me um the plot wasn't anything like it wasn't like i wouldn't say the gameplay of bioshock was especially great but the plot like helped that get to the status that bioshock is in today mm-hmm. whereas this could have gotten somewhere if like it was a satire on all the games that it's you know imitating but the thing is that at the end of the day it just becomes another one of them it didn't satire enough, in fact, is that? <laughs> yeah, that's that's pretty much it. Because, yeah, it's like it was... It's like it was caught in two minds where one of the writers wanted to satirise things like uh, Gears of War and one of the other writers went, probably because Epic Games are the publisher, went, uh, well, we can't make that much fun of them. So... After that sort of first act, will then just be like them. Yeah, that's a good point. If this game had have spent more time, um, if like if it had the comedy it did and the action it did, but also be a big, basically be a big joke about you know the, these first person balls out action games of the time, I think it would have been a, like it might have done very well then. Like, like if the story sh- had gotten so ridiculous or something? Yeah, it should have either gotten uh, crazy to make reference to, like, like have huge alien invasion akin to, like, a Half-Life or a Gears of War. It should have had, like, the the Flood, like, a reference to Halo or, the, yeah, where they are is on, like, a sort of uh, a ring, fl- like, or not even a ring. It's like a hexagon flying in space. <laughs> like, yeah, like, make fun of it. Yeah. Just go all out. Like, the problem is, I think, the characters, because they they didn't do... The enemies are so generic, and so that doesn't make them making fun of generic enemies. They are just generic enemies. And the main big bad guy at the end, 
Like, he was a freaking crazy evil idiot, which is funny. But it didn't go that extra mile. It was just like, oh, he's like, he's sexist and has no feeling for human life. Like, eh. And your best buddy, Ishii, Mm. is like, his, his whole character is like, very serious and you find yourself sort of going like oh shit like he's a he's a robot now and like he's really uh he's really in pain and he's trying to battle the ai and he hates grayson hunt and but instead he should have like you can have that kind of over the top but like make him very much like make him say like terminator lines or <laughs> Like, like, do something because he just stands there as like this real, like, oh, there's like the emotional weight there. Meanwhile, yeah, like you said, the villain is this over the top evil, like, like you're killing an innocent people because I said you should. <laughs> the tone is, it, it's trying to have yeah. its cake and eat it too. It definitely tries to seem like it's a funny game but then yeah Ishii is very serious and the plot can get kind of serious it's it's mixed in its in what it's trying to you know the message it's trying to send like I did think it was going to be more of a funny silly um, Borderlands-esque game in the comedy but it did not end up like that at all and I think it had moments yeah and like uh, Trishka, when she appears, she says like some funny things that are very much like those like eighty action films. But maybe the maybe because it ends on a cliffhanger, maybe because the um, company alluded to them getting greenlit for a sequel, they wanted it to have somewhere to go and for characters to have like growth and development. Whereas if you just have like like Borderlands, each borderlands game is its own little world like there there's not like a real continuous plot there's a vague continuous plot but like brick is brick he's he doesn't have that much like he can't have that much of an arc you can have brick for all three games trying to have the sort of like how Grayson Hunt is like, ah, oh, I thought we were doing good things and we were bad pe-. like trying to be spec ops the line. But then, by the way, <laughs> dick jokes. <laughs> I think, yeah, they're just all generally a little too boring. Like they didn't want to take a specific direction. They wanted each character to be both serious and funny and they didn't land anywhere. I do like that in the beginning, especially, the... Like, I hated Great. Like, he was awful. And I'm like, I hate this character. He's just... He's making dumb decisions right at the start when he decides to fly his ship through the other ship. uh, And I felt bad for all the other guys because it was directly your fault. But that And that is the point of the game when you get into it. But to start off with, I didn't like... There's a point near the end of the game where the bad guy is telling you how to disarm the bomb, but actually he told you how to arm it. Uh, That is how it should have started. Not not making 
a deliberate decision while drunk, but instead accidentally messing up, then trying to fix it, messing up more. You know, it just started off in such a bad place that I never got to like any of the characters because I didn't like the main character. And while after a while I kind of was neutral to him, you, you need to be able to be him. Even if even if you're a tiny woman, you need to be able to turn yourself into this big buff man. Like That's the point of playing a game is you become the person. That's why, like for example, you know, in Half-Life or Portal, when they don't talk because you talk in your brain, you know? And that's how I almost sort of viewed Grey a little bit more. Like, I almost as if, like, I wasn't him, that he yeah. was, like, this third person there, and I very much in the body of the player was, like, a Doomslayer-style character, like a nameless, voiceless body for smashing and shooting. Um and it's probably because, like you're saying, you couldn't connect to him. So in the end, I just disconnected from him and was just like, I'm just me, and he may as well just be hanging around behind me with Ishi. And I think the reason that we're talking, well, that I'm talking about this is because that's the flaw. I think that's the fatal flaw and why it was a failure overall is because the one, per- the one out of ten, like it got nine out of ten on Steam, the one yeah. out of ten is the plot. Because the gameplay is quite good, especially for 2011. But otherwise, it's just, eh, the enemies are all basic enemies. You're a basic white male protagonist. you got the token female character. You've got token minority character. The bad guy is typical military evil bad guy. Is I'm pretty sure they took... That, uh, hang on, what what came first, Avatar or or this? Because it's the same bad guy, <laughs> just generic general. Who yeah, ha- who hates everyone, who wants his own little private army. And that monster in the middle of the thing, you find a Godzilla type monster, but it is just Godzilla from the two thousand something American film. How good it's- is that segment, though? It's a good segment, and I really like when you're um, shooting it from the helicopter, if that's what you're talking about. That part's awesome. Well, I even, uh, I'm in the part <laughs> where you get to control it with a remote. No, no, not that part. That part's cool. That's a really good part, actually. Because I thought that, that was, was really the same part. monster, but just No, that's ones? a different monster. Okay. Um, but the monster that you fight, is it just looks like a t- giant... Godzilla T-Rex fella. And imagine if they imagine if they yeah, like I'm sure that they had creativity. I, I trust that these creators actually do have it, but maybe the publisher or something said, no, I don't like hold it back, just make it a uh, you know. Or maybe the creative creative director got a bit hung up on trying to satire it and was like, what if what if we made it just a regular, like, T-Rex dinosaur. And it's like, it didn't work out in the end. It's just now a bit boring in the end. So if this game is 9 out of 10 with the plot it has, does that mean the, the, like a story makes a game? Like, I is the difference between a masterpiece helps. game? Like, mechanics can only take a game so far? Not For me, yeah. For, like... 
not necessarily, but f- a plot can project a game so much further. For example, you said you're playing The Last of Us. I would consider the gameplay of The Last of Us uh, average, like good, but not great. But yeah. the plot makes that game almost 10 out of 10. Mm. Um, and that's where I think this is, it is being held back to be a commercial failure bulletstorm that is not mm. The Last of Us. <laughs> It all depends. Great game. <laughs> it all depends on if you put it in. So this game attempted to put a story in. If you attempt to put a story in, you can't half ass it. Okay. Super yeah. Mario does not put a story in. <laughs> and it's a great game. Yeah. But if they tried to put any more of then of their any more than just the simple pre- premise of Bowser has stolen Peach, then like then we would be judging it for that. So that's the thing. If it's there, if it's in our line of sight, we're going to judge it, and therefore you can be judged negatively for it. But it doesn't necessarily make a game because many fantastic games just have no story at all and are better that way. And this probably would have been better that way. Yeah, I think this would have benefited if it was literally had... Just you, the main character, all right, and you have been kind of been given a quest to just get to the ship from the other side of the planet, like, and that's all you you're told to do, and that's what you do, and you go fight these enemies, and it's not until the end that things kind of start picking up, um, and you start to understand the plot. Like, all the characters. It's the characters. The characters are garbage. <laughs> Especially yeah, the be... main one. If you yeah, were, like, pretty one-sided. Again, with you crashing in the skate pod, and it was just like, get off the planet. And then you learn that the spaceship is there, but then you go there and, um, like, you accidentally arm the bomb. And then even then you can have your character talk and be like, oh, I'm... I'm such a big idiot because I armed the bomb just like I ended up crashing on this planet in the first place. Oh. But as it stands, the ending is the is the worst. The worst? How's that? So have you finished? Because you kind of cut out for me. Uh, no, I have not finished. Yeah. So you... Spoilers. You fight the big bad guy. You beat him up. You nearly kill him, um, but then you talk to the girl and you're like, yeah, we saved the day. And then he shoots you out of, um, he shoots you out of the spaceship that you're in. Yeah. Into the atmosphere. You land back on the planet. uh, You get an escape pod on the original ship. As the bomb explodes, you use that to propel yourself out. Which this sounds cool because I'm telling it to you. <laughs> um, Is but it not as exciting? The, no, at the very end, it's there's a post-credit scene. It's completely black, but you hear the general go like, "Ah, you did a botch job for me." Ah, and then Ishii's like, "I'm alive again," and you're just like, "Okay, so I not only did I not kill the main bad guy." But nothing, nothing happened from the start of the game. Once Ishii is a robot, nothing progresses within the game. 
like the world's like nothing has changed in the story. It's like everyone just got off. That's it. Yes, that's the pretty story. Pretty much, except for the savages and the dinosaurs. They died. Everybody else is fine. I don't M- think there's Mike- a lot. You go on, go on. I was going to say, I don't really think there's actually a lot more to truly discuss with this game. No, not really. It's like it, it's as straightforward as it as it makes itself out to be. Um, I was going to say, uh, Michael, you brought up, you made made a great comment that I think is very true. It's it seems. It's a game from the time, like it's definitely a game of the last generation of FPS, you know, story-based shooters. The in the way it plays and feels, yeah, and it definitely plays well. If all you're looking for is gameplay, then this is not a terrible place to go. Yeah, it has. Um, it's. Like as soon as as soon as I picked it up, the kind of look and the feel was like Rage, and then I suddenly went, "Oh no, this is much better than Rage." <laughs> um, but it one hundred percent, it it's like a Borderlands. I don't know what's a good example of a recent of a recent big uh, FPS. Well, Rage Two. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't played Rage Two, but but like say compare it to uh, any. CODs or battlefields, things like that, mm. uh, which I feel have become like kind of more the go-to FPS games. Whereas this period of gaming was probably the last time we really hung on to uh, your Halos, your Dooms, Quake, like that. This was the kind of game which dominated FPS in my mind. Growing up, it was like it was always like sci-fi or sort of over-the-top action. And now these, and now more realistic shooters have taken over. But this is that that, that just that good old school. It's like fast traversal, uh, loud guns. Shotguns have huge amounts of like recoil, and it's just this. It's a little nostalgia trip. Yeah, for sure. Which I thoroughly enjoyed, and you will too. Then shall we come to our final ratings for this? I don't want to be too mean to it, but I'm going to have to go with a no time to grind just because you have better things to do. You have better games to play. Yeah, I'll agree with you there. Like, And the caveat with that one is, is like no time to grind doesn't mean it's not a good game. It just means for a busy gamer, there's something better to be spending your time on, whether that's other games or... You know, finally get around to writing that book. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm going to, because I always go into detail. I always try to go into detail because I don't want to half ass it for the busy games. They're busy. They want to know what, what the hell they're doing. Uh, if you want to play a game like this, I think y- your best choice is Doom. Mm. And it's a better character because it doesn't talk. <laughs> uh, well, at least from what I've seen. Uh, <laughs> But Doom would be the best kind of version of this that you can get in modern day. Maybe Wolfenstein as well. Just well, Borderlands into- 3 is coming out, so that might be a, it might harken back more to that action comedy. Yeah, if you want the shooter. comedy, definitely Borderlands. If you want the action, Doom. There you go. There it is. 
I would say that this is a no time to grind leaning towards a fine time to grind. This came out on PlayStation Plus. I'm very like I'm very happy with it. Like it stands above other PS Plus games even though its story is like rubbish. This is like fun pick up and play like do a chapter. It's good. It's fun. That's fine. But that problem is there are much better things that you should be spending your time on. And Bulletstorm is just like, it's. I just feel sad for it in a way that I'm going <laughs> to tell people to skip on what is a very fun game because there's just nothing, there's nothing new in it except for maybe like the leash and uh, the sort of creative way that you kill enemies. But it's like, you've played games like this, so why not go play the better ones? Yeah. But it's sad because it's very fun. Well, if you've got plenty of time and if you've got it on PS Plus but you haven't actually played it, definitely play it. If you've got the time, definitely play it. Uh, But if you have limited time, yeah, go Borderlands or Doom. And there there we go. That's our thoughts all on uh, Bulletstorm Full Clip Edition. Let us know yours. Give us a review. Head to our Facebook page. You can let us know your thoughts about, well, our episode today there too. Thank you very much for listening. My name has been Adrian. My name has been Matt. And my name has been Michael. Let's go, guys. Dead Echo all the way. Voodoo doll. Rear entry. <laughs> Headshot. Creative uh, my favorite names. one is ceiling fan. When you when you shoot them with the drill, but they go to the ceiling and then they spin around on the ceiling. They're a ceiling fan. Uh, uh, that's cool. I, that's you two. If you haven't unlocked the drill yet, you gotta play until you get the drill. Oh, you come back, you'll be like, I made a mistake. This is the best game I've ever played. I've played Bioshock too. I know what it's like to fight with a drill. It's freaking sick. Anyway, now darkness forever, apparently. Yeah, I'm surprised it didn't get a sequel. Like, if Rage can get a sequel, how, how come this didn't? It's true. <laughs>